She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we're talking today all about how to be an intuitive eater. We're talking about fasting and we're also talking about building wealth. So it's all about health and wealth today. And our guest today is Jennifer Luddington, who, in my opinion, has like the most amazing body. Like every time I see her, I'm like, this girl is so chiseled and looks so amazing. And so we want to find out exactly what she's doing. What is the day in the life look like? What are her routines? So Jennifer Luddington, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your show, Chantel. It's always so lovely to be in your energy and to share, you know, some little nuggets of gold with your community. So thank you. Yeah. So talk about what does a day in the life look like for you? What is your fasting schedule? What are all of the little routines that you do that are just really good habits that build off of each other? Oh, there's so much. Um but, you know, before we dive into the mechanisms, you know, for me, it's really important for your audience to understand intention. And I always say form follows function. <laughs> and a lot of times people ask me very specific mechanistic ways of how to achieve their ideal body or their ideal state of health. And because I was in the health and wellness industry for over 20 years, it is a part of my ingrained habit system. I like to call a ritual system. Um, but I, I do want to bring it back to form does always follow the function of what you're nutritionally feeding your body and how you're moving your body. And so I think that, you know, when, when we get too focused on the mechanisms, we lose sight of why are we even in the energy of creating this value system around health to begin with. And so I think for your listeners, it's really great to first hone in on, okay, number one, what is my intention with my health? How do I want to feel? And then based on how you feel, if you want to feel your best and perform your best, your body's going to look its best. They go hand in hand. So I, I really wanted to nail that point down too, because yes, I, I'm almost 40, I'll be 44 in a couple of months. And I do feel that my body looks like it did in its 20s or maybe even better, to be quite honest. Um, and the reason why is because number one, consistency. And number two, I intuitively listen to how I feel and I want my physical body to match me feeling my best. Um, so I do, I do want to start there because it is for me about how I feel, how I perform, how I engage with my community and my relationships emotionally and physically um, and how I perform for my clients, right? Yeah, I love that. So what time, let's just start usually like, what time do you wake up in the morning and kind of what do you do first thing? And and this again is so interesting because I do feel that health is, is goes, it's all, it's like a three-prong approach. So in my morning routine, when my husband is home, he travels a lot for work, but when he is home, we have a practice where we have a ritual in bed where we nourish our relationship first. And that really sets my intention of, you know, how I show up for my body and my health because I want to connect with my husband. And so we have a ritual where we have a deep, meaningful conversation over coffee in bed. That's the first thing that we do. 
Um, and I do have black coffee in bed first thing in the morning with a glass of water. So that is my everyday habit. And when I say a glass of water, for me, that's 32 ounces of water. <laughs> um, a lot of people think it's eight ounces. For me, um, I drink a 32 ounce big glass of water every morning before I drink coffee. Um, gets my metabolism going, gets me hydrated, gets my brain clear of the fog from the night. And then my husband and I have a connection. Usually we're in bed from around you know, 6.30 to 7. And then I hit the gym no matter what. Um, my kids don't usually leave for school until around 8.30. So I could hit the gym from 7 to 8. Uh, and that's my routine. I mean, day in and day out, weekends included. And that's the way that I choose to live that container. Um, and you know what's interesting, Chantel, is during that container of my workout, I call it a container because I don't pre- describe what I'm going to do. Um, I know a lot of people have like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I have to do hit on um, you know, Thursday, Friday, I have to do yoga, but I actually listen to my body intuitively that day. So if that day I'm a little lower energy, maybe I'll do yoga at the gym. If I'm feeling really, you know, well, well rested and well hydrated, maybe I'll do a really intense hit session and some heavy weights, but I listen to my body and I honor that. And that's been a part of my um, intention with my fitness for a very long time. So some days it's a walk. Some days, like I said, it's a really aggressive squat session on, on the squat rack, right? But it's always me listening to my body. And I think that's a really important thing to share with your audience. Um, and so, you know, if you have a practice of yoga, great, do yoga, but allow yourself the Allow yourself to be open to if maybe you want to add something in if you're feeling good. You know, be curious about what your body can do and how it can move. So go ahead. One thing I was going to say is that I used to wake up at around 4.30 in the morning and I had a couple of friends and they were like, oh, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and go to the gym. And it was like all of us, like a bunch of group of entrepreneurs and it was like, you know, they would wake up and one person took cold showers and another person, you know, was at the gym at 3.30. And it was almost like if you were an early riser, you were seen as more of a superior CEO or entrepreneur. And as I've gotten older, I realized that for me, I actually have moved my workouts I do work out in the morning, like walking, but more of my like muscle workouts and some I'm doing more in the middle of the day and sometimes like 830 or nine o'clock. And it's just crazy how I've changed that timing. And the reason is, is because I feel like sleep is such an important piece for me and that me waking up when my body is ready to wake up is the most important thing. And so I've actually done a complete U-turn. Like I don't, I wake up um, one day a week where I'm kind of at 6.30 in the morning or 6 a.m. waking up. The rest of the days I'm waking up when my body wants to wake up and I'm changing my times to way later and really valuing that idea of sleep. How do you feel about that? Well, first of all, I love that you made that shift. I I think that external pressure is really stressful, especially for women to perform in this narrative that we've all been accustomed to living in, in this culture of entrepreneurship. 
I don't believe that you have to get up early in order to have a productive day. I, I believe that sleep for me, especially as I get older, like you're saying, balancing your hormones, sleep is integral in that. And it really does go back to hormone regulation. I mean, your body is going to really shut down if your hormones aren't regulated. And sleep is the number one component that you can give to your body to really balance your hormones. So for me, I, I go to bed at 1030 and my body wakes up by itself around 615, 630. And I feel rested and clear and balanced. And I think that in this culture, we get so caught up on this, you know, who can perform, who can perform. And for me, I've stepped far away from that as you have <laughs> and leaned into being more intuitive, not only with my relationships, with my food, but with my workouts and movement as well. Mm. Yeah, so good. Okay, so you're having black coffee, yeah. which unbelievably, we literally get that question so much. It's unbelievable that people are like, you know, with intermittent fasting, everyone knows it's the best way to have your coffee. If you're filling it up with a ton of cream, it is awful. And by the way, I want to say this. I have been having some stomach pains and I feel like even people who are using like the the coconut milk or something like that, all these coconut milks ha are filled with gar guar gum, uh, carrageen, all of these different things that are a complete nightmare. Unless you can find them, there's a couple. I'll show a video of me going to the grocery store, finding different ones that have just nothing but coconut milk. But training, how did you train your body to only want black coffee? I, I I don't know that I had to train it. Um, you know, for me, I do like a little bit of something in the morning. And and, and honestly, to be, to be really honest about it, sometimes it's just the warmth of the coffee that I'm craving. And, and I have sometimes just done tea. Um, but for me, it's, I live in a cold environment. So <laughs> it's nice to have something warm in the morning. Um, but I don't, I don't think that a lot of these things are trained. I think that for me, at least, I know how I feel. I know how my stomach feels. I know how my body operates when I don't do things that are good for my system. And it all goes back to the way that I feel. I always want to feel my best because then I can show up for people the way that I really want to show up for them. And even putting cream in your coffee or, you know, these different chemicals, they're all endocrine interrupters, right? And when we're in, when we're interrupting our hormone systems to to flow naturally, we're interrupting how we show up and how we feel. So all those things that you mentioned are part of the reason why I try to eat a very naturally clean diet. Um, well, I, actually, I don't try. I do eat a very naturally clean diet so that I don't have any external things coming into my system that I can prevent that are going to interrupt that hormone balance. Um, because, like I said, it all comes back to hormones. Mm. So, okay. So you're having that black coffee. Then when do you start your first, then you're going to work out. So yep. you're working out in a fasted state. Yes. Um, some people, I can't work out on, with any food in my stomach. I don't know how people can do it. To me, I, I just think that's insane. Um, but what if people say to you, I can't believe you're working out on an empty stomach. What would you say to that? I would say, you know, what works for me doesn't have to work for you. That's what I would say, first of all. But if preventing, if if you not going to the gym because you want to eat something is preventing you from going to the gym, then eat something. <laughs> right. 
So go to the gym regardless. And, you know, for me, people always ask me, it's it's not about, look, you can go to the gym until you're blue in the face, but if you're eating the wrong foods and you're hormonally imbalanced and you're not nourishing your body, your body is never going to change. I see the same people that I've been, I go to the same gym for years and their body looks exactly the same as it did three years ago, right? And you can't out-exercise imbalanced hormones or bad diet. I'm sorry. Unless you're a marathoner or a competitive rower or a swimmer, possibly if you're Michael Phelps. But for those of us that are listening, we're not. And we don't have the time for that. So the way that I have managed, and, and this is purely physique, I can manage my physique with very little exercise. It's just about diet. However, I choose to exercise because it makes me feel strong and healthy and mobile and I can go climb mountains and ski with my kids and do whatever I want without limitation. That's why I exercise. The nutrition can guide how your body actually looks more than anything else. And so I really wanted to reiterate that point because I could stop exercising at the intensity I do or the time duration I do. And I could still manage the way that my physique looks with the nutrition that I put into it and the external things that come into my body. So okay. I want people to stop trying to exercise their diet. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. So then when do you usually start eating and how do you know when you are ready to eat your first meal? Well, this goes back to hormones also. So leptin and ghrelin, right, some of our hormones that produce hunger um, get really uh, tampered down in our current climate because of the nutrition that we have available to us or the majority of people have available to, to us. And so with me, I have a very, my system has been regulated with that. So I get hunger pains, like real, true, not boredom pains. <laughs> I get hunger pains. Your and stomach actually growls. You're my, hearing your stomach growling. Yes, and stomach. that is the key, everyone. If your stomach is not growling, don't put any food in. That is the number one thing. If you hear it growling, great. If not, wait until you hear it growl. Yeah, people ask me that all the time. How do you know when to eat? Because it tells me. Listen, you can literally hear it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so um, you, generally that happens. Now, there are days that I get hungrier earlier but I, and I listen, but generally it's around 10.30 or 11 a.m. before my stomach tells me it's time to feed it. And that first meal is the most important meal that you're going to eat because this is what happens. You've been in a fasted state all night and maybe even longer because maybe you didn't eat, you know, until maybe at dinner at 5 p.m. The, the night before, which is what I do. Um, but you're in a fasted state. Your body wants to grab a hold of anything you give it right away. It's the first part of the nutritional um, kind of like building block of the day, right? So if you're feeding it, you know, a bagel and orange juice, which is what most Americans eat, right? Or a whole grain bagel, and they think it's good for them. Um, you're you're loading up your body with carbohydrates that aren't going to fuel it. All it's going to do is give you a, a spike of insulin that's going to make you crash immediately, maybe an hour later, and you're going to start feeling terrible. And then you're going to go to more food and it creates this cycle. So for me, every morning, no matter what, I always start with protein. So I'm very big on protein and I'm very big on nutrient dense, nutrient dense vegetables that are cooked 
because it's easier for your body to process. And I'm very, very big on healthy fats. And I know that there's a lot of um, press around what's a healthy fat and what's not. And all I know is what works for me. And for me, the the healthiest way I can consume fats is raw coconut oil, um, raw coconut, plain coconut raw. I love it. And I also eat a lot of avocado. And I eat a lot of Brazil nuts. Those are the three main ways I get Which Brazil nuts are so good for your thyroid. They have so a lot of selenium in it. Yeah. And magnesium. And those are all important things for hormone regulation, right? What we put in our body. And it's not just about the calories or the macronutrients. It's about the actual ability for your body to absorb the nutrients so they can process them and allow your hormones to operate at their optimal level. And that's going to make you feel good, look good. And literally your skin will look great, your hair will look great, and you will feel great. And so I think that for me, it's really important to have people understand it's people get wrapped up in macros and calories. It's about the quality and nutrient level of the food you're eating as well. Well, when your stomach growls, only eating when your stomach growls to me is the key, key, key. I mean, first of all, when your blood sugar drops, it's normal um, that the stomach walls actually produce hydrochloric acid, which makes the stomach growl or it makes it feel empty. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. This is like your signal. So it's like, if you always go back to that, it's like everyone who I've interviewed, you know, and, and I, when I wrote my book, Waste Away Through Intermittent Fasting, honestly, almost every woman I interviewed said to me, you know, and I said, when do you eat? And they're like, you know, I just wait until my stomach growls. And Usually it's around 11, sometimes 12. Some people would say one. You know, it just kind of depended on what I ate the night before. But I really always wait until I feel a growl. And every thin eater will tell you that's when I start thinking about food. Unless my stomach's growling, I'm not thinking about food. Like, don't even let your mind wander on food because your body will intuitively tell you okay, your stomach is growling. Now it's time to eat. And then now I can decide what I'm going to eat. But waiting for hunger is truly the healthiest thing you can do. And and here you guys, Jennifer is a perfect example. Like when I tell you she's got a perfect body, perfect, like it couldn't be any more perfect. And what's the number? Like, I love that. Like, this wasn't planned. I didn't ask you. And I didn't ask you at all. And it's like, this just goes to show you. Go get my book, Waste Away. And you'll see I have all these quotes from all these women. And the number one is this. Oh, you know what? Surprise, surprise. I don't eat until my stomach growls. Yes. I eat when my body's truly hungry. It, it seemed, and I think I, I do want to touch on this though, because I, I do have something to say around that. I'm working with women for so many years in fitness and nutrition and health. It's easier said than done, right? And so if you're listening and you're like, well, that might be easy for you to say, but food is used in our culture for more than nourishment. And we've been taught that, right? And even like in our early development years, I mean, how many parents you know, bought us ice cream when we got good grades or, you know, celebrated with food and used it as a way to self-soothe. And I think that in a culture filled with a lot of stress and performative energy and things that we're managing as women, especially when we're, you know, running our families and our kids and our businesses, 
you know, I think that sometimes food can u- be used as a self-soothing mechanism, and often it is used as that more than actual nourishment. And so I think it's important to acknowledge women that maybe are struggling with how to actually change that mindset around what they can use instead of, right? Or a healthier way to cope with stress or anxiety or sadness or emotions that are coming up and replace it with something a little bit better. And a lot of times when I would support women with this, you know, people always ask, how do you get your your workouts in? How do you get all your movement in? And I, I really love to tell them when I felt the need to self-soothe, when I felt that emotion coming up, I just go for a walk. Five minutes. Not not like I have to go for an hour, but five minutes would change my state and change that emotion. And for me, that was a really great tool to use and support women with was change your state. You know, if you're feeling that way and you want to mindlessly go to the refrigerator and open it and stand there staring at it, I mean, how many times have we done that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of that, just make it a habit when you're feeling that. The next choice is to just put your flip-flops on, your tennis shoes on, and walk around the block. And when you come back, I guarantee you'll be less apt to stand in the refrigerator with the door open. So I think that's something that we get to talk about, Chantel, because I think also it's, you know, because I've been doing this for so long and I've managed my mind around that, it is a little easier for me. I'm not going to lie. But I think that someone that's just stepping into maybe changing their behaviors and their eating and their nutrition, that is something that I think we'll support them and knowing that you're not alone. <laughs> All of us have done it at some point. I have. And and I think there are some tools that you can use that don't involve food. You guys, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I've been talking about Masszymes, which is a digestive enzyme from Bioptimizers. And I want you to know that here's the thing. For me, having a digestive enzyme is a game changer because One of the biggest things that happens to me is I get really tired after my meal if I don't do it, and I have a problem with nutrient absorption. So if you could be eating the cleanest diet ever, but if you're not absorbing it, that's an issue. So this month, they're doing a really great special, and you're going to get a free bottle of the digestive enzymes from Bioptimizers. And so all you have to do is pay a nominal shipping fee. That's it. No other strings attached. It's the best thing ever. So get your free bottle of digestive enzymes. It's called Masszymes. Go to masszymes.com slash wasteaway free and use the coupon code wasteaway10. That's it. So masszymes.com slash wasteaway free. Use the coupon wasteaway10. It's awesome. That's so good. And it's so powerful. Um, I have a friend of mine who she always says she drinks herbal tea and she has she's like, I drink like seven cups of tea, a day, herbal tea a day. And she's like, if I don't, I end up, uh, you know, she's like, she always says I'd be probably about 10 pounds heavier. But what I heard you say is that, you know, to change your state, go out and take that five minute walk because everyone can, can, you're not saying take a three mile or a five mile. You're just saying take a five minute walk. That's your time where you can pray and say, God, what I want to do right now is go back and eat everything in the house because I'm stressed about this, that, and the other. I'm not physically hungry right now. God, help me to reprioritize where I need to be. And that will change your state. I, I think a five minute walk is a magical thing to do 
And I also think having a cup of herbal herbal tea helps me too. It kind of it's something warm. It's something calming. It's something about it. Both of those can change your state back to one where you're not like, oh my gosh, I've got to eat something when you're not physically hungry. And I think there's other tools too that I just want to mention because sometimes for some people, you know, they they have to use different parts of their senses to change their state. And for me, it's movement. For some people, it's smell. For for some people, it's you know feeling. And I I have a girlfriend that. She will, if she's triggered, she will, triggered by wanting to go and eat, she'll light a candle, right? And she'll have that smell change her state, right? There's different ways that I think we can learn to change the state that we're in and what soothes us. And so I think being open to what soothes you in that moment and versus going to the refrigerator is important for you to get self-awareness around. And it doesn't have to be a walk. I choose that because a lot of people think that your exercise has to be only at one time. And I actually move all day, right? It's like I try to put as much movement. I take the stairs. I walk I walk the long way. I park my car really far from the mall entrance. Like these are just habits that I have that incorporate more movement. So that works for me. And I think that you get to find what works for you. And I think there's many different ways you can do that. Mm, so good. Talk a little bit about now when, okay, your stomach's now growled, you, you're making the decision to eat. What are, give me some examples of what you're eating for lunch and what you're eating for dinner that would be kind of your staples and your go-to. Yeah. I And I, I do want to say, you know, I, I do this 90% of the time and and there's some caveats, right? Um, But this is my typical routine. I do enjoy dinner with friends out and I do give myself freedom. I, d- I do have things that, you know, are outside of that 90% of my life. But this is my routine day in and day out. And typically what I eat, like I said, is I, I always have cooked vegetables in the refrigerator and I always have pasture-raised natural eggs and organic meat. Sometimes it's grass-finished beef. Sometimes it's organic chicken. Sometimes it's organic turkey, but my staple meal in the morning is delicious. (laughs) I look forward to it. And I do also eat, um, sometimes I will eat a really hard, good quality cheese very rarely, but sometimes I will. And um, I tend to keep dairy out of my diet for the most part. And I keep all refined grains 100% out of my diet. And I don't eat any refined sugar. So those are some of the things that I don't do. Now, I will tell you on my birthday, I eat cheesecake. <laughs> I love it. Um, but but rest of the time, very rarely will I have a dessert. Very rarely will I have a refined carbohydrate. Very rarely will I have um, dairy. So those are just some overarching themes in my life. But when I wake up, I'll have usually two whole pasture-raised eggs cooked in coconut oil, a really good quality coconut oil. And then I will have about three to four ounces of some type of organic, you know, good quality meat, and then about a cup of good quality nutrient-dense cooked vegetables. So they're easy to absorb. Mm-hmm. And I I make a big scramble out of it, and um, I, I love it. Sometimes I will add some fresh salsa that I make with a lot of herbs and basil and cilantro. Um, but for me, that's my staple. I kind of play with it a little bit here and there, but that is my staple first meal of the day. It keeps me satisfied. It gets my hormones balanced with the added fat, the good, healthy fat. 
the protein fuels my workouts and my brain. And the vegetables do act as a carbohydrate, everyone. Vegetables are a carbohydrate, FYI. <laughs> and it gives me fiber, right? Um, so for me, it gives me what I need and I feel fantastic. I don't feel overfull. I feel fueled and it keeps me satiated. So my body doesn't go into that spike, that insulin spike that's going to get me back into that hunger pain an hour later where I'm trying to find food. Uh, so that is, that is, if, if, that's 90% of my life what I eat first. And then when are you eating your next meal? So this is really interesting. People think this is absolutely nuts. But my kit, so we all have kit, right? We, we know how it is with kit schedules. So there are times that this doesn't work exactly, Chantel, but depending on games and things like that. But generally, I don't like to eat after 5 p.m. And the reason why I don't like to eat after 5 p.m. is actually just intuitive. <laughs> I don't feel good going to bed with a full stomach. I don't feel good with a stomach full of food. I don't sleep as well. And so for me, it gives my body time to digest so that I can rest. And instead of going to bed with a belly full of food, my body's trying to digest when I'm going to sleep instead of sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's resetting that circadian rhythm of my body knows that it's digested all of its food. Now it's sleep time. And so I typically eat around 5 p.m. And it's very similar, but I will add at that time, um, you know, some beets or some more starchy vegetables and like sweet potatoes or things like that. I will not, I don't eat rice. I don't eat bread. I don't eat wheat. You're not eating any grains, right? None. Zero. I'm telling you, listen to this. So I was craving just a piece of gluten-free bread and I, I personally cannot eat any grains. I have to eat fruit, vegetable, and lean meats. But I was like, I'm just going to have with some eggs. I really want a piece of gluten-free bread. So I had it. I woke up this morning. Every one of my joints hurt so bad. And I was just like, Chantel, this is not worth it. You know, your body cannot eat grains. Like, why? Why are we doing this to yourself? You know? And so I'm back right on track. No grains for me. I just can't do it. My body physically cannot do it. It's great if, you know, someone can. But for me, I can eat sweet potatoes just fine. I can eat beets, like you said. Um, I can eat other carbs, but grains do not work well with, with me at all. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, no. So that, thank you for sharing that. I am the same way. It's hard for me to eat out at restaurants because I, I feel it in my body. <laughs> uh, you never know what kind of oil or things that are going into the food. So it's, and I know immediately because my stomach tells me and my joints tell me, same thing. And, um, and again, this is just intuitive. And I know for me what works. Now, there's lots of different ways that can work for people, but I feel like it's really important to understand that your body needs nutrients. And so I have a warm salad. And, and when I say warm salad, what I mean is I cook my vegetables because it, I digest them better that way. A lot of people think raw is best for them. Great. For me, I digest a lot better and easier when I chew my food and have it thoroughly cooked. <laughs> That's just my choice. And so I do a warm salad and my dressings are usually homemade. I have a great salad dressing recipe that I've been making forever. And it's you know, very clean olive oil, balsamic. Um, I use a little bit of lemon and 
salt and pepper and garlic and cayenne, and I love it. <laughs> and okay, so tell us, tell us what's in that recipe for the salad dressing again. Yeah, no problem. So my mom does add a little honey. I don't, but she does. Um, so and my kids love it too. And I actually, I actually roast all my vegetables with this also. So it's olive oil, balsamic, lemon, cayenne pepper, salt and pepper, garlic. Mm, sounds delicious. Yeah. And so, and then I sometimes I'll add some nutritional yeast to it for some extra B12, Chantel, just to you. And I also put that on my cooked vegetables. Um, and and so I, I will roast my vegetables in that, like a big mess of beautiful vegetables, and then I'll have that as a warm salad. And then I'll have, again, now at this time, I have a larger piece of meat, whether that's you know, grass finished. We we buy cows um, from a local farmer, and we buy we buy products from that because I know where it's coming from. Um, so I'll have you know I'll even have a steak, or I'll have some type of lean meat. But I typically don't eat like a ribeye, but I will eat like a fillet or a leaner cut of sirloin steak. I believe in red meat. I believe in eating that for women. I think it's really good for um, you know your iron and and lots of good nutrients. Um, or I'll have organic chicken or some type of protein fish. I'm really big on salmon and um, I love, love, love cod. So those are some things that I'll eat. And then I'll have some type of, you know, starchier um, vegetable like beets. I love beets. I love beet salads, um, roasted sweet potatoes. Love them. They're like candy. <laughs> um, and I, but I, but I keep it to a small portion. So the majority of my plate is my vegetables. And then about four to six ounces, depending on what type of meat it is for my dinner. And then I'll have about, you know, I would say half a cup of a starchy vegetable. And if I'm still hungry, I'll add some Brazil nuts on top of my salad or I'll add some Brazil nuts, you know, with my dinner or I'll add some avocado. Um, but typically that is my day in and day out. And that gives me enough calories, enough protein, enough nutrients to fuel my body and to feel good. Um, and then at night, I were you eating one meal, one larger meal and one kind of smaller meal. And sometimes during the day, if I am hungry, because it does happen, right? Um, some there are some days where I do get hungry. I always have hard boiled eggs in the fridge. I always, always have hard boiled eggs in the fridge. And that's usually my go to is two hard boiled eggs if I'm really hungry. Um, but again, my stomach is growling to tell me that I'm hungry. And so. Yeah. I, I need to say this because here's the bottom line. If you listen, that's, I wrote another book called One Meal and a Tasting. And it's because after I interviewed people, I really started digging deep. And they had one larger meal and then they had one smaller meal. And if they were hungry, they might have a snack, but not, not on the regular basis. They had one larger meal, one smaller meal. It's like one meal and one more of a tasting. And that's it. That's all they ate. And the concept is just so simple. You eat when you're hungry. You stop when you're full. Instead of filling your body, you know, we're all empty and we're always longing for, you know, filling up kind of our our heart with food sometimes instead. And instead of falling in love with food, we are going to fall in love with God who is going to fill us up and only eat when our body is physically hungry. And it's just that one meal and a tasting, kind of a larger meal and a smaller meal. I'm telling you, as I interview more and more people, that is definitely what I'm hearing big time. So oh, yeah. And and I will say there are times where I 
seasonally I eat fruit, um, but I'm very particular about the fruit that I eat. And I want to be really clear on this. I never eat fruit alone. I always eat it with protein. The protein will slow down the absorption of that insulin. And so the fruits that I eat are always seasonal berries. Um, I always eat with the season. So, you know, for me, I don't, I don't particularly need a banana. I don't think that that it's not readily available in the environment that I'm in. <laughs> People love their bananas and bananas are really high in sugar and low in fiber. They give you a spike in insulin, same with a mango or a pineapple. So for me, I'll eat a green apple on, or I'll eat berries. They're really high in fiber. They have a low glycemic index and they have tons of nutrients, right? So I'm I'm being intentional. And, and usually during the summer, I'm moving a lot more. I'm on my bike a lot more. I'm running around a lot more. I'm outside. So I'm using more energy. So eating seasonally is really important. During the winter, I'm really not. I'm 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 a ski once in a while, but it's not a daily occurrence like it is in the summer. So I don't need all that extra right? Uh, sugar, because fruit is sugar. It, it's it's coming in a packaged form from nature and that's great, but it does in your body spike your insulin. And that is important for people to understand. Yeah, so good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about wealth building for you. Okay. Okay. I love me and you. I think the reason why we connect so much is we're all about health and we're all about wealth. Because to me, those are the, the two things that are super, super, super important actually to me, spiritually being healthy and spiritually being wealthy is is way higher. But still, you know, if we're worried about where our next dollar is going to come from, that really loses, you know, it, it just lose, it helps you lose peace and that's not what you want. So talk a little bit about how you and your husband have kind of transformed your your wealth living. Thank you for asking me this. I think it's so important to talk about, and I want more women to talk about money. I really do, Chantal. I really want women to talk about money. You know, um, I don't want to get too much into my backstory, but I came from a lot of scarcity, as a lot of women have. And for me, I left my power, uh, my financial power to someone else, right? And so for me, it was really important to regain that. And to regain my own path on how I wanted to create wealth and abundance, not not just for me, but for my family, for my legacy, for the things and the causes and the, the, the communities that I want to support. And I couldn't do that if I was, you know, trying to figure out how to buy milk for my daughter, which I did for years. And I, I found that breaking through some of these fear tactics that I think are taught to us as women, especially, um, is really important to own your own power with your money and looking at your money and getting getting friendly with your money, <laughs> understanding your money, right? And creating a relationship with money is really important because a lot of women have the ostrich syndrome where they just stick their head in the sand, right? And I think that for me, it was really important to own that I did that for a very long time. And I wanted to change that. So the awareness of Okay, how can I change that? And I've got to look at it in order to change it, right? <laughs> and so what we really did is I was, I took a good hard look and I was given an opportunity to be really honest with real estate. And I, I had a mentor who sold me her building on an owner contract and I rented it from her for about 10 years. And it was, I was running a business out of it at the time. And she said, if I paid her on time every month, she would sell me the building back 
on an owner carry, which is seller financing, for what she bought it for. Wow. So Chantel, let me tell you, that rent was on time. (laughs) Wow. Well, at that time, I was a single mom. And so I thought, this is something I have for my daughter. Yay, I have an opportunity. I can build something for her. I can create something for her. So no matter what, I paid that rent. And wouldn't you know, she sold it to me. And what that did for my financial competence, um, my evidence that I could do it, right, transformed the way that I viewed my wealth possibilities. And um, so I did, I did sell that building eventually for a lot of money. It was a commercial building in a very good market. And we transformed that money with my eyes wide open into now we have 14 doors. Um, and that has created the wealth foundation for what we really want to do in the world, which is to support people and and give back to our communities and to the causes we care about. So that that was that's a little bit of it. I mean, there's a lot more, but I think that's really the the main point I wanted to make with wealth creation for women is you have to be able to look at it. You have to take full ownership of it. And you have to have your eyes wide open and create a relationship with money that that will allow you to transform the fear and the, maybe the shame or the guilt around it and work through that so that you can be intentional and grow your wealth with your eyes wide open. Yeah, that's so good because, you know, my, my dad, uh, my mom and dad got divorced when I was about 12 years old. And we ended up moving. We I used to live near Joe Gibbs and all the Redskins. Like literally when I was there, it was like Mark Mosley, Joe Theismann, <laughs> Joe Gibbs. I mean, that's the neighborhood I lived in. Wow. That neighborhood to a middle class neighborhood. And I remember thinking in my head, I'm never going to have it where my husband determines what neighborhood we live in. Mm. And so from then on, I've been able to support myself. There's no, my husband makes good money um, and he can definitely support me, but I made the decision I'm going to be able to make enough money to support my family. And whether he's here or whether he's not here and I love him and hopefully we'll never get divorced. We've been together 14 years and this year was probably the best year we've ever been married. But again, I want to be able to provide for my family. And so really thinking through that, and I love what you said about the ostrich syndrome is like these people constantly, um, you know, putting their head in the sand and it's like, no, wake up. <laughs> wake it's up. It's hard to look at it when it's not what you want to see. It's really hard. And I think owning, you know, you can't change what what you're not responsible for, Right. And so getting really responsible, like you said, Chantel, about your power with making sure that you're paying attention to the details, right? A lot of us ladies want to pass the buck, but I feel it's really important to pay attention to the details of your money. And I believe it starts there. And once you understand your money and you understand your finances and you have a good, clear vision of where you currently are, no matter where it is, you know, on this side of the spectrum or in this, it doesn't matter. It's just getting a picture so that you can take the next best step to creating something different for yourself. But you can't unless you have the information. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's really important for women to 
let go of the pain of not wanting to open up their bank account statements and really take a deep look and really getting a clear picture of where they currently are, where they want to go and what's the next best step, not 10 steps, just take one. And if that means, you know, you're putting $5 a month away, it's the habit of being in the energy of investing or saving, or, you know, maybe it's $10, maybe it's 10,000 and that's where you're at. It doesn't matter. It's the habit of being an investor, an investor in your future. I love that. That that's is really important. Well, we are out of time. And thank you so much for being with us today. I love all your routines. I love all your daily habits. And I will say this, you know, one thing that I have really down is my sleeping habit. Like I take this magnesium from Bioptimizers. And you guys, if you're not taking that magnesium, it is hands down the best. It has seven different kinds in it. And I didn't, it's so funny because I didn't take it last night and I didn't sleep well. It's like unbelievable. Like my sleep score, I have the aura ring and it, I get like the perfect crown every time. If I don't take that by optimizers magnesium and I didn't take it last night, like I'm like, if you look at me today, like I just look tired and I'm just not a hundred percent because I didn't take it. So, um, basically that is the the biggest thing. So we are out of time, but tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Yeah. Thanks, Chantel. I'll have to try that magnesium. Thank you. <laughs> so good. And use the code waste away. I think it's waste away or waste away 10, either one, you'll get 10% off. It's hands down. It makes all the difference in the world. Oh yeah. You'll have to send me that link because I love magnesium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to connect. I, I absolutely love connecting with people. I think the best way to connect on social media is my Instagram, which is at Jennifer Luddington. And then you can find information about what my husband and I do together as we help people build their wealth through real estate investing at www.weascendlife.com. Awesome. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.